I make this look easy. official podcast, the original Mortal Kombat podcast, bringing you well-known and significant members of the Mortal Kombat community. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom, and with me as always is my co-host, our lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you, Phantom. And today we'd like to welcome Casper Van Dien, famous for playing Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers, but known in the Mortal Kombat community specifically for playing everyone's favorite, Johnny Cage, in Legacy Season 2. Welcome, Casper. Hey, thank you, guys. Hey, Casper, it's... So great to have you on today. Before we get too much into Mortal Kombat specifically, uh, we want to kind of start things from the beginning. Let's go back and look at your career. I mean, because your career is long and extensive. I mean, you were 90s heartthrob Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers, as Yanni mentioned. How did you end up getting into acting in the first place? Like, where did this journey begin? Um, well, I always blame my parents for it. Uh, they took me to see, my dad got me really into watching movies and stuff like that. And uh, I, I watched the Tarzan movies because he was a big fan of Tarzan. So when I got to play Tarzan was, you know, play my idols, idol was surreal for me. But, uh, you know, they, they would, you know, it was a military guy, taught me discipline and then uh, encouraged me to sing and dance and just, uh, you know, they're just very, very positive so i was lucky and how did i get into the acting so let me see so i i, I was doing uh, i was working at a gym and the guy said hey you should go to this modeling competition and i, I went over to miami from punta gorda where i was living at the time which was three and a half hours away i, I did this competition and i won and i won a whole bunch of different things and then i booked and then i got an audition agent asked me to go on an audition and i got a call back and then i booked my very first audition ever, which was a Midway Airlines commercial, which uh, I just had to sit in a chair and dance, well, four girls danced around me in bikinis. It was a really <laughs> difficult <laughs> not, not a bad first commercial. <laughs> I don't know if it was commercial. I don't know if it was that, but, uh, but it, was, it was fun. <laughs> then a manager heard about me in L- LA. I went out to meet him and he wanted to sign me his magnificent seven elijah wood and jonathan taylor thomas and me and a whole bunch of other actors that work all the time he died of aids two years later but he was uh, pretty amazing as far as movies go one of your big uh first roles in movies and yanni pointed this out to me and i, I thought it was pretty funny was uh you ended up being one of the bystanders in the movie casper a spirited beginning uh and yanni told me about this in in we just had a good chuckle out about it because you got to play Casper. I mean, you got to play in Casper and you being Casper. So it's, it's, it's just a small little silly observation, but we loved it. <laughs> yeah. I had my agent at the time call up and go, Hey, uh, Casper wants to be in Casper. I have I kid. And, I was like, and they're like, okay. So they in. I was in two Caspers. I was Casper two and Casper three. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you made it to both. <laughs> so, of course, in 1997, you ended up going into Starship Troopers and uh, playing Johnny Rico. Um, had you read the book at all before you picked up this role or was it just that you received the script? 
I read the book. I grew up in a military family and I went to an all guy military school. But before I went to military school, I read Starship Troopers. And then when I read the script for Starship Troopers, I was like, wow, I didn't understand the satire. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe as a kid, I, I, I go that I love that this much. I guess I didn't know I knew satire like that when I was a kid. And went back and reread the book and there's no satire in the book. So right. uh, I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> they were quite different the the book and the movie but the the way the director portrayed the satire in that movie i, I think was fantastic yeah it was it was uh it, paul verhoeven's a genius so uh i'm always honored to have uh been cast by him to be a lead in his movie right a, being a huge robocop fan and you know yeah <laughs> you know, to be murphy and then getting to be the lead in his movie is Oh, I could totally see you playing Murphy. Yeah, would have pulled that off. Yeah, I always wanted to play Murphy. Always. You said you grew up in a military family and had gone to uh, uh, military school and stuff like that. Did that help out a lot with uh, a lot of these roles that you've played uh, throughout time? I think it it helps me a lot that I I grew up with an amazing military family and I went to military school. Helps me be more prepared and on time and organized and uh yeah it's you know every every show or movie or anything is like a it's like a battle it's going into war and everything like that you have to you have to have be, pre- be prepared for everything and then know that it's not going to be the way you want it to be but it's going to end up being something yeah really and then also a lot of these roles that you played uh i mean you ended up reprising johnny rico for uh quite a few of the starship trooper movies um ended up yeah becoming one of the producers of, of some of these movies too. And I, I'm sure that kind of helped set the tone for this uh, militaristic world that was built in Starship Troopers. Ed Newmeyer, who wrote RoboCop and Starship Troopers, is one of my best friends, um, one of my closest guys. So I've been lucky enough to read all his, uh, his scripts and, and he's just, he's a genius as well. So Paul and him both, two genius IQs, just quite amazing to, to listen and sit and, watch how they can come up with things but yeah they're they're the ones that cast me as johnny so all right i'm gonna have to hear more about that when we get into the mortal Kombat. but i'm also curious since we're on the topic of starship troopers you you went from starship troopers directly into starship troopers three but didn't appear in the sequel the second movie what was the story there uh they wanted to go with a different cast as tended to happen in that I, age. I tried to be in it. I wanted to. They just didn't. Uh, they they were, you know, I think the director was going for something different. Yeah, that's too bad. I could have seen the uh, the appeal because, uh, I mean, that was such, you brought so much star power to Starship Troopers. And uh, I remember in high school, like all the girls were talking about Johnny Rico <laughs> and wanting to see Starship Troopers just because Casper Van Dien's in it. And that, that, you know, we would take them to the movie and then it was something completely different than what they expected. And all the guys <laughs> loved it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guys loved it. Yeah, true. I, I mean, the, the movie has legs still, which is amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. That it's still and, 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 and that it went over the head of some of the people with the satire in the beginning, which I think is funny, especially now. I didn't so much back then. I really wanted it to be a huge success. I wanted, you know, uh, it, it's just it's a it's a great movie, and he's oh, yeah. a yeah. genius director, and and his 
insights and his, you know, people call me up and like, oh my God, Starship Troopers is so today. And I'm like, it's also so 1997, you <laughs> <didn't> know, <laughs> but it is so today. People are like, oh my God, it's like our time. It's like, how did he know? How was he so prophetic that he could see into the future? I'm like, well, I just think he's a, a good study of human character. Right. It's a testament to how well it was made that it can both be from back then and from now. It really does fit both time periods so well. Yeah, yeah it really did. Um, it's just a, I'm, a, I'm thrilled that I got to be a part of that one. Being Johnny, being Johnny Rico, I'm, and people yelling, Hey, Johnny Rico, Rico <laughs> whatever it is they yell. Um, you know, it's always so, so much fun for me. Uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of that. You, you went from, well, Starship Troopers into Starship Troopers three, but then you were also a part of Invasion and Traitor of Mars, firstly as producer and then as producer and voice acting. What was the shift? Uh, wh why was there a shift towards animation rather than continuing live action at this point? I have no idea. I know that they uh, really, uh, you know, Shinji Aramaki, who directed both of those, is a Japanese artist who's really big and he, he did Appleseed and he... Uh, he created, uh, he's a, you know, one of the original designers of mecha suits. He saw Starship Troopers when he was a kid and said, he saw the cover of the book in 1959 or eight, whenever it came out and it had this mechanized suit. And as a kid, he went, I can make those work. And he became <laughs> one of the top five designers in Japan of the mecha suits. You know, any of the, any of those people wearing like robotic suits in any of those movies, he created them. And he, since he didn't, that anime, Appleseed and all that other stuff, I think he, they just wanted to do that with Starship Troopers. I think he thought it was a good fit. And he wanted to be full circle for him. That's really cool. I, I didn't realize that. And that makes a lot of sense. The uh, animation styles, I think, for those yeah. last few movies, they were very similar to Appleseed, uh, their 3D ones that they did. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, you know, kind of going through your, your career here, after Starship Troopers you end up doing uh, Tarzan, which was also a big hit. Um, and it wasn't a big hit, but I thank you for saying that. I wish oh. it had been a big hit. It just wasn't. We just didn't, we didn't pull it off. We didn't pull something off. They went to, uh, I think they did, a, uh, they had some great moments and some things like that. But the director at the time, Carl Schenkel, uh, said that they wanted to go PG after shooting an R movie. And mm. it's kind of hard to switch it. Warner Brothers wanted to switch it up after the, uh, we were the first acquisition. So they shifted the, the, the story a lot. So it was different. But I, I, love being, I love being the 20th Tarzan. And I love, uh, I got to write the forward just recently for, they're re-releasing all 24 novels by Edgar Rice Burroughs. And they mm -hmm. asked me to write the forward. And I did for Tarzan the Invincible, which is <sighs> book number 14. So I got to write the forward for that, which was so much fun for me to do because I'd read these book series when I was a kid and again, when I became Tarzan. So, um, you know, it was awesome. That's amazing. That's like a, a dream come true. I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's the biggest, it's the biggest thrill of my life. Um, being a Tarzan, another John, he's John, yeah. John, Clayton, yeah, right. Tony Rico, and then from bones. No, wait, wait, that's <laughs> <laughs> In uh in, in Tarzan, I actually rewatched that recently. And you know, in that movie, you're you're doing these different things like swinging from vine, vines, you're fighting people, uh, you get to work with various animals. 
Uh, you're even dancing the waltz like I'm part of it. And then a monkey imitates you guys. And like there's so many great scenes in that movie. Do you feel like you got to a chance to kind of show all of your different talents while you were making this movie? No, I feel like we were <laughs> we were really restricted and mm. I wish we could have done more. I I, uh, I thought at the time that they uh, should have cast me as George of the Jungle, not Tarzan. I thought I, I was uh, <laughs> I thought that I was too much of a prankster for the, the seriousness of Tarzan. But uh-huh. it's one of the greatest thrills of my life to be him. You know? Oh, I'm sure it. And I couldn't, I couldn't have done better than Brandon Fraser in George of the Jungle. I mean, he was awesome. So. <laughs> that was a really fun movie. But it's it's weird to me to hear that, you know, it wasn't a success because honestly, I look back at this movie. I haven't rewatched it recently like Phantom, but I, to me, I, I really enjoyed it, you know, and I, I wouldn't have thought like looking back on it now that it wasn't a success in, in my eyes. I, because I enjoyed it so much, that's why we come in and we say, yeah, this was uh, a great success, you know? <laughs> you know, it seems to have a little bit of legs. Uh, in 2000, I think it was eight or something like that, they, the Edgar Rice Burroughs Estate gave me a, a lower, uh, an award, the Golden Lion Award. And it's and they presented and they had Jane Goodall present it to me um, in front of, you know, there was a thousand people in the audience. There's two other Tarzans there and, and, and me. And they presented me this Golden Lion for my, patrol, for my portrayal of Tarzan being closest to the book at that time. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a success to me. Yeah. <laughs> later, later it had some some legs and stuff like that. It's still fun for me. I still love I love the Tarzan fans. They're some of my favorite. Um, that they're so loyal and they're so so such good people. And I mean, I'm a huge. They also knew that I was an Edgar Rice Burroughs fan before, so mm-hmm. they knew that I already liked. You know, I, I read his book, so I'm just I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Did you end up doing that Tarzan yell yourself or did they dub over you? They did something with a computer generated thing on top of it, but I did do the Tarzan yell. I still do it some of these, some of the time. <laughs> I did do the Tarzan yell. It's just right now, if I did it, we'd have a mess. The elephants would come running through. <laughs> Nobody wants to clean up after an elephant. Yes, I do the Tarzan yell. So... I'm curious before we continue, do you have any good stories from either of these productions? Because uh, these were two huge productions as far as, uh, and, and you got such a fan base about it. I'm sure they would love to hear any behind the scenes stories that you might have had from either of these movies. Yeah, sure. Uh, so when Jane March and I are uh, riding our elephant and we jump off the elephant, I jump first and then she jumps off. I catch her because it's a pie and she weighs 80 pounds. Um, and so it's like nothing. And then the baby elephant and, 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 and the mama elephant or papa elephant are supposed to walk off and we're, we're supposed to wave, you know, but the elephant came and rubbed its head up against me like this. And so I pushed its head and I learned right then and there that you never push a baby elephant's head because <laughs> it turned around and its butt covered the camera so you <laughs> and its ears went out and went... <laughs> And it charged me, and I said, "Jane, run!" And it, the tusk hit me here, and I grabbed onto both of them and lifted me four feet up over its head, and I was arched back, and then it slammed me down, and it backed up again, putting its ears out, and they came to get it away from me, and I ran up a, a hill, and they're like, "Tarzan, Tarzan, oh, it's a good thing you grabbed onto the tusk; it would run right over you." And I'm like, ah. and, like <laughs> and then they're like, "And it, never push a baby elephant's head; they'll want to play." Yeah. 
<laughs> now you know. This might have been good to know beforehand. You know, a baby elephant still weighs a ton and a half. Mm -hmm. And as Tarzan, <laughs> I was pretty strong, but I was 163 pounds. Gosh. <laughs> when that, that tusk, since it was a, since it was a, 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 a small baby, uh, it, it, its tusks were still rounded. But it, it jammed into me, and I had a big welt and bruise on my ribs. From uh, from when it hit, because it, it's like a punch. It's not. It's not like when they hit you. You're like, oh, this is nice. It hit me. <laughs> so I, I didn't. I didn't grab on because all of a sudden I have these amazing skills that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really Tarzan. I grabbed on. Ow! I did hold on and I didn't die. And then if you hadn't grabbed on, he would have run right over you. And you and I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Gosh. Thanks for the heads up beforehand. Yes. <laughs> things that you should tell an actor beforehand is one of the number one things I always tell people is never push a baby elephant's head. <laughs> That's rules of life right there. I'm just imagining them saying to you, come on, you never push a baby elephant's head. Everybody knows this. <laughs> that would have been terrible. But I was like, thanks for the heads up. I'm going to go change my loincloth right now. <laughs> After uh, Tarzan, you ended up joining Tim Burton and uh, Johnny Depp and being in Sleepy Hollow, which you got to play uh, the, the head Van Brunt, I, I think was his last name in the movie. Brom, Brom Van Brunt, yeah. Brom yeah. Bones or Brom Bones. They also called him that. <laughs> how, how was it on that set? I mean, you got to play basically like one of the antagonists to Ichabod Crane in that movie and... Like Johnny, Johnny Depp's incredible. Tim Burton's incredible. It was one of the greatest thrills of my life. Christina Ricci is amazing. Uh, uh, and, you know, Christopher Walken is just awesome. And Oh, yeah. Brandon <laughs> Richardson. I mean, there were so many people in there that I, I, I love. Ian McDermott. There's so many people that I just think were, were awesome. And uh, I was just grateful to be able to be in scenes with them, be in, in a movie with them. Just hysterical people. And Johnny Depp was one of my biggest regrets is, is um, I'd quit smoking and he was rolling a cigarette. He's always rolling cigarettes and he goes, Hey, you want one? And I was like, nah, I quit. But I wish I had smoked a cigarette, you know, after he rolled it and just smoked one with Johnny fucking Depp. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was, he was one of the coolest guys on set. Just nice. Very kind, very cool, very open totally dug him and he was a uh, very you know it's, it's intimidating because you're with somebody who you're a huge fan of and uh and then you know he makes you feel real comfortable which was awesome well that's actually such a good thing like we've heard from a few of our previous guests actually when they've worked with somebody who they look up to and generally the the overarching theme is that they felt very comfortable around them too and that's actually such a positive thing to hear in this industry yeah, I think there's a reason why he was so successful, and and, and, and I think it's because he's a, a a good person and a good person around other people. At least that's what my experience was of him. I know there was a lot of other stuff in the news, but I don't really pay attention to that because uh, I've been married and divorced, so I know people go through crap. Yeah, yeah. It's just life, and if you go, oh my god, I can't believe that. I'm like, man, you're not listening to anything, or not even paying attention to your own life because everybody goes through crap. Right. It's just, <laughs> somebody that's has true. something happen that's not good. Somebody does die sometime in life. And nobody's impervious to it. You know, there's there's stuff that happens to all of us. So, so, somebody once told me that uh, 
the the worst part about divorce is just how your name gets dragged through the mud no matter what and there's going to be mud on everybody by the time it's over so yeah <laughs> yeah i wish my, my exes all the best of luck in in, in their life and, and i hope they're doing well and, and uh and i'm happy now so that's the most important thing and I yeah hope happy. they should be exactly it doesn't need to end with negativity like that and then i mean speaking of good people actually it's it's that's such a good thing but on the opposite side of the spectrum with I would like to bring up Rules of Attraction, <laughs> which was a movie where you basically hated everybody. Um, now, as far as I understand, well, the Rules of Attraction was based on a book by Brett Easton Ellis, who actually wrote my favorite book, American Psycho, wow. which your character in the movie, Patrick Bateman, was the focus of. I'm curious as to what happened with your scenes, because I, I can't remember looking far back, but I've, I've read that your scenes were cut or something, or what was... Yeah, they were cut due to uh, explicit content and stuff. So I had one scene where I'm just on the phone with my brother yelling at him, calling him an idiot. Um, and then the other one, I started, pulls up on me and I'm, uh, and, and Roger Avery always threatens me that he's gonna release this. He pulls back and I'm, I'm, I'm talking with his head and I turn around and you see that the head is in a bag. And then I pull the bag up and it's a severed head and I'm in a leopard G-string dancing around naked, you know, <laughs> like whatever I'm doing was pretty horrible and graphic. And they, uh, they cut it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so do you wish this had not been cut or I'm, I'm curious what the, <laughs> what you're thinking here? Would you have preferred that would stay in? I have no idea. I have no idea what, uh, you know, uh, I, of course I love being on camera and, and doing wild crazy things it was a, it was really even for me at that point in time i was like wow this is really really crazy but he's like yeah i love it it's my favorite scene but i had to cut it and like, <laughs> why <laughs> it's my favorite scene, then, roger i don't think that's your favorite no they made me cut it i'm like ah, i don't think it's your favorite scene ah, i'm not buying it <laughs> but he is a sweet man so i i appreciate him giving me that affording me that opportunity to play Patrick Bateman, which was done so brilliantly before. And, and um, so I, I just wanted to, to have fun doing it too. How about uh, Alita Battle Angel? Now you come up as Amok, mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing it yeah. correctly, but I, I really enjoyed that movie. How was the experience? Uh, the experience was amazing. Uh, my, my buddy Garrett Warren uh, who directed me in season three of Mortal Kombat Legacy. Uh, uh, he, uh, he was also in Starship Troopers with me. He's also my godfather to my kids. I'm the godfather to his. He's, uh, he, you know, he's just the greatest guy. He called me up. I'm filming, a, I'm filming this Doolittle movie where I played Jimmy Doolittle, the pilot from America who took B-25s off to take revenge on Japan after they bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, I'm shooting this movie and he calls me and he goes, Casper, I need you to do this. Put yourself on audition. You need to come through this, smash smash something, say something, whatever I had to say online, and then just get out of there. And he goes, just do this audition. I go, what? He goes, just send it to me. I'm, I'm sending it to Robert Rodriguez. I go, I don't have time. I'm on my way to send it. He goes, just take five minutes and do it. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I get on and I, I do this thing where I'm like, you know, I run up to myself and I put it on, put hit it and I run up to it and I'm like, yeah. And, and I do the whole scene and everything. And, and Garrett says, cause yeah, I showed it to Robert and Robert goes, is that Casper Van Dien? And <laughs> goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, he do this. He goes, yeah. 
And he goes, he's got the job. So I, I, I auditioned for a stunt guy as a stunt guy and mm -hmm. I got the part and they made it a, an actor guy, even though I got to still do the punch through the glass with it. And, and I'm in a scene with Christoph Waltz and Christoph Waltz is just like, do you need anything else? And I'm like, I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a genius. He's asking me, no, you're perfect. <laughs> What can I do better? Um, but uh, Robert Rodriguez wanted to talk about Starship Troopers the whole time. It was wow. just a surreal experience. He loved the movie and he was just like, I just want to tell you. And he talked about it all day long. It's the main, main thing he talked about. It's so funny because my, my, I, uh, I went to the premiere of it and then I took my, my daughters and my uh, friends, 50 of my friends. I said on Facebook, hey, we're going to go watch. Uh, lead a battle angel. So all, 50 of us went into the room and everything like that. And we're all watching. There's other people in there, but we're all mixed around and everything like that. And at the point comes when I smash, spoiler alert, if you guys don't want to spoil about <laughs> it, don't listen right now. Put it on pause. Put your headphones on. Whatever you have, earplugs. Okay. So now I'm going to say it. So we're in the theater. And all of a sudden, when it comes to when I smash the little girl, the 12 year old, in the, uh, uh, in the wheelchair and kill her. Um, <laughs> Spo spoilers, spoilers. Huh? <laughs> um, everybody in the audience, all my friends went, yeah! <laughs> and, and my friend, my director friend said, he goes, there's these two couple that looked at each other and were like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Uh, but they stayed afterwards and they came and they went, oh, and then they took a picture with me. But uh, it was fun. <laughs> Because <laughs> my friends are all like just like yelling. I was like, so I'm like, hey, look, I'm in only one second. If you watch it, if you blink, you're gonna miss me. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. But Robert also said to me, he said, you know, your character doesn't die. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm ready for the prequel or whatever. He goes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm ready. So he's, he's just the sweetest guy. The amount of people that are ready for a sequel to that movie is insane. I mean, like, it, there's so many petitions for it and so many people want it. Like, I hope to see it, a, a, a next edition to that series. And I hope you're in there because, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the first one was amazing. <laughs> I'm actually surprised we haven't heard any any confirmation on that so far. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, as far as I understood, it was a there was a very good reception to the movie, at least from everybody that I spoke to and I myself. They, wanted a little bit, they always want a little bit more. There's a certain, there's a certain bar they want to, you know, just, just make over before they'll, before they'll greenlit something. And it just got up to the bar, but it didn't mm. go over it as much as they wanted it to. Mm. You know, I think when they see that, then they're like, ah, I think it's still close. I think it's still, there's a possibility. So seems like one of those things where the fans might need to play a part in trying to get it back. That's happening a lot more nowadays. Yeah, I love when the fans do that. It's just so, it's, it's just awesome. So after Alita, uh, or, or actually at the time of recording this, uh, this movie hasn't been released yet, but uh, you have the most dangerous game, uh, which is releasing this week. Um, is that based off of the book, The Most Dangerous Game? Yeah, it's based off of the book, The Most Dangerous Game. I have a premiere in Miami that I'm going to on Thursday. And then I'm going to, yeah, so it comes out on the 5th. Uh, oh, limited exciting. Theaters. 
and then on on pay-per-view of course um so it's gonna be you know or whatever it is online however they do it i don't know but uh yeah it's, it's coming out and it was a lot of fun to do there's a twist to it there's a couple twists to this but it is the story uh, who are are you allowed to say who you're going to be playing in the movie uh, yeah well he's different than than uh he's it's a different character i play baron von wolf baron von wolf yeah baron von wolf and uh uh he's uh, an ex-nazi oh cool but he's too twisted instead of being a russian he's an ex-nazi uh-huh and but it's twist to that even too um it's just <laughs> It was a lot of fun for me. I worked with a German dialect coach for three months before I did it. And, and I went and I just did, you know, I did that for it. It was always a thrill. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, just, just, just awesome. I hope it, I hope it turns out. Okay. They, yeah. they seem to be positive about it. They're doing a premiere for it. So in Miami, so I don't know. I'm super excited about this one. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorite books. And spoiler alert to uh, our listeners, the most dangerous game is man. So basically you're watching a manhunt movie. And uh, yeah, this is kind of what inspired so many different things out there, like Hunger Games and Battle Royale and stuff like that. So it's going to be... Joe McCree and Faye Ray were in the, the original one. So it's just uh, yeah, an incredible actor. Um, old time, nobody knows him anymore. Or unless they're diehard fans like me or us or whatever, but uh, he was an incredible actor and he played in it. And, but he didn't play the, I play the, uh, <laughs> I play Z the Zaroff character, but only as Baron Von Wolf. So. How is it that you get involved in a lot of these um, books turned movies? Is there any method to this or does it just kind of happen? Or is it something that you look for when you're uh, auditioning? Oh, of course I love, when, when it's a good book and, and you can, I mean, you've read it and everything like that. So being Tarzan and Sleepy Hollow and Starship Troopers, having read the books before was absolutely a thrill. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, I, I have a new series out right now called Salvage Marines on popcorn flicks that people can see for free. Um, it is based off a book series too. Um, yeah. And it, it it's just so surreal to, to, to get the read the script afterwards and then start reading the book and go, oh my God, these guys were fans of Starship Troopers. And to see that they just nerd out like like I nerd out, it's, it's awesome. So I've actually been catching up on Salvage Marines and uh, you know it's such a good mix between Starship Troopers and like Space Above and Beyond from the mm -hmm. Sci-Fi Channels uh, series. And to see these two things kind of come together, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I'm on, I just finished episode four and there's like this complete twist of the entire story. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to finish this now. And then I, I left it to come jump on this interview. But I as soon as I get done with this interview, I'm going to pick it back up because I'm super invested at this point. And it's, <laughs> I, I really want to know what's what I'm, I'm so glad, you know, it's been this has been the reaction I've gotten from most press people. People are like, I'm hooked to yeah. watch, you know, all the people they've been like, this is it's such a good show. And I think. It's not like we don't have a big budget. We don't have some huge thing. Like we're not a studio or anything. It's a little show, but everybody's mm -hmm. heart was in it and you can yeah, really yeah. feel it. And everybody was given all these different levels and the story's good and it's compelling. And it has a lot of things where you're like, oh no, or yes, I've gotten so many different <laughs> reactions from people that they've been like, but it's, it's, it's really positive. It, you can, the, the joy of this one is that everybody really captured, it can 
everybody was able to be aware in some way of the presence and the and of the joy that we had being in it. So, and well, I, I'm happy to hear that there's this big twist because I'm I'm actually catching up on it too. I've just finished episode two. I'm really enjoying it already. But to hear that something else is going to really just flip everything on its head is actually like, oh my god, now I, I really need to get back to this. <laughs> but it it's so interesting to me to see how like looking back on Starship Troopers and then now you're in Salvage Marines and obviously there's going to be that Johnny Rico comparison and I've seen yeah. that you know that's that's just something that's going to happen but you have totally addressed that uh even in the show itself it seems how yeah. just, just uh, you, you're coming in and everybody's all oh yeah well he's older and that yes I'm older but I've got more experience than you and this and it's just you can yeah. tell that you wanted to address it. And I think you've addressed it so well. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. The, the, the thing about Salvage Marines is everybody is born the same. We're all in debt and we're in debt from our parents' uh, debt and their grandparents' debt. So it just keeps compounding. You'll never get out. Only one way is if you join the Salvage Marines. But if you join the Salvage Marines, you've got like 80% chance of dying. Which is so another way of getting out. And then there's 20% there's of them that stay in, that are the survivors, like 97% of them get wounded, like they lose an arm or, and then they're more in debt because they have a new arm that they have to pay for. So mm -hmm. you like almost, you can almost never get out of debt, but you have a chance. It's like winning the lottery, but you're sacrificing yourself, not just your money. Um, but we're all equal. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, straight, gay. It doesn't matter what denomination you are of anything. It doesn't really matter. It only thing that matters is the person right next to you, mm -hmm. but we still do have ageism and we do address it well. So <laughs> yes. I, it was so much fun for us to do that. Um, in the books, Sam Heist, who I play, is younger, but they decided since they wanted to do this, they were huge fans of Starship, that they just make him older. So they mm -hmm. made him and my buddy older. And so like the reason we join up is like in Starship Troopers, Johnny Rico joins for a girl because he's yeah. dumb. Young and dumb. From, yeah. He comes from a rich family, doesn't do well in his grades, but he doesn't care. He's got everything. But he joins up because he wants to impress a girl. Doesn't work, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, but he decides, mobile and free. That's the way it is. I'm, and he never questions it. And I used to go to Paul. He used to go, ah, Paul. He goes, no, no, this is great. This is great. And he's right. <laughs> Paul's 100% right. It was great. It's a great character to play. It was one, sometimes I'd be like, oh, my God, Paul, please. I, I need to do something. He goes, no, 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 no. Just straight. And I'm like, okay, just straight. Because you got to respect him. He did Robocop, you know. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> You're like, what? This man knows what he's doing. So anyhow, I, I that guy does all that. Sam Heist didn't join up because he didn't want to die. And, and he's like, I'll live with debt and everything. But then he and his wife get an unexpected pregnancy. And then he's like, I can't leave this debt on my kid. So he joins up for a noble reason, to try to help his family and get them out of a, a life of servitude. Because... She doesn't want her working the lunch lines or anymore or whatever it is that she has to do to they scrap by. It's pretty a bleak, a bleak future. But it's interesting because this this debt thing is reminds me of student loans and right. taxes and our credit card debts and how much we all are in debt. So it's really profound uh, uh, and and timely what what we're dealing with in this. And so it was a lot of a lot of fun doing the show. And I'm I mean, glad it's doing well with people so far. Well, we're, we're really enjoying it. Uh, we, we've been keeping 
each other updated on, on where we were. He's obviously skipped ahead of me now, apparently. But <laughs> um, one of the things that I really actually liked was at the beginning where you've just mentioned, you know, there's the concept of ageism in it. And it's, you're talking to, um, I, I, I can't. Peter Shinkoda? The, no, it's, um, you go for the meeting to try and figure out your debt. And you tell the guy, you told me there oh, was yeah. always a way out. Richard, and, Richard he's, yeah. a, he's a great actor. Yes. Um, but he immediately tells you, no, that this was when you were younger. And you're like, what does it matter? If I'm right. going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 right away, address. Why do they care if it's a 25-year-old that dies or, uh, or a 45-year-old or whatever the age I was supposed to be at that time? So, Yeah, like you're saying, like what, what I've been finding really interesting is a lot of the real-world associations. And mm-hmm. you, know, you know, anybody that's ever... Uh, experience the military or in any capacity you know you've managed to capture a lot of that too especially for the marines because uh there's kind of in the same thing with starship troopers but there's this grunt mentality of this is our duty we're going in and in in this case with uh salvage marines you know it's been um this is our our call i think is is what they chant when they go in or, or this is our job or something like that this and is the job. this is the yeah job. this is the job yep and you know it's like like this is this is the mentality uh, uh, like of a lot of armed services and stuff and it's captured well thank you in starship troopers we were we just i thought john rico followed the line the mobile injury that's a good soldier in this one i'm following the line but you guys haven't gotten to it yet but there's some twists i start seeing some things that and so i start questioning stuff which Mm. i love so i give you a little bit of a spoiler sorry guys that's good that's like a carrot on a stick spoiler yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not bad. There's some really cool things that happen, and I'm like, oh no, and and I don't want to do it. And yes, okay, good. So there's just so many good things that you know that are coming up. But it, it, I like that he, you know, people have said. Somebody asked me this. It was a great question. They said, who do you think would win in a fight, Johnny Rico or Sam Heist? And I go, well, I'm gonna be honest with you, Sam Heist. And they go, what? And I go, Johnny Rico could be stronger, younger, might have that, but. I, I have old man strength and I have wisdom. <laughs> I've been around the block and, and the things that I know now that I didn't know back then, you know, and plus all the training I've done, all the fighting I've done over these years. When I was 27, I had done some. Um, granted, I had been doing it for years, but I've done it a lot longer and I'm a lot better now. Hmm. I might not be as young, but uh, I think I still have enough tricks that I'd be able to take out young me. Honestly, I do want to address this. We keep saying, oh, you're, you're addressing the fact that you're older, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, like we're saying that just because of the time has passed. You do not seem older for the rest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm 53. I'm loving being 53. Uh, I'll be 54 in December. So, uh, but I, I feel, feel young. I feel light, you know, light, lucky. I still work out, still train, still run. So I'm still doing things. Got a young what? wife, so I got to keep up with her. <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm curious what's your diet and workout regimen like because the shape that you're in i mean as we've seen in, in salvage marines like you're in great shape yeah like, i was right there i was really i was i had i knew i was having that shower scene so i was really <laughs> really specifically training for that one so I, was like, I you know i've been there's been times where people have gone where I've taken my shirt off since later in life and they're going, oh, not Tarzan anymore. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> 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 Don't give me that. And I'll be like, so, you know, it's just, 
and I'm not I'm not far off from where I was in Tarzan. I haven't been. Yeah. I'm within 20 pounds of being there right now. If I was just to lean out, that's all it is. It's just mm-hmm. getting really lean. It's hard. And I, I don't live lean. I live normal. And then when I have to roll that requires me to get there, then I'll get there. But I don't live lean. I don't think it's uh, – I see some guys that do that seems like it's healthy for them, but it's not healthy for me. I don't yeah. food too much. I'm a vegan though. Oh, really? Okay. I'm a complete vegan. I won't eat an animal or anything that's been from an animal. So I, I, I refuse to do that. I don't uh, – and that probably happened because of Tarzan. So because I, <laughs> I had to work with animals and I was like, oh, oh top I bet. And then they fed me for dinner. And I was like, what was that? And they're like, that was that animal you were playing with today. And oh, I was like, oh, no. Why? Well, I said I wanted to adopt. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> why? And they're like, oh, sorry, Tarzan, it broke its leg. We don't waste, we don't waste the, the animal here. And I'm like, no, wow. I understand. Oh, my God. Oh. The animal I just played with that had a eyes that reminded were, were half between my dog and my horse and and then i ate it it was delicious but then i couldn't <laughs> eat. i couldn't eat after that i couldn't finish it when i found out and i couldn't eat meat for a while after that so there you go i've had similar experiences with my family i swear one day two chickens will end up in the yard just running around the next day we're eating chicken i'm like wait where'd they go and you're a kid so you don't like i didn't realize at the time so i feel your pain there <laughs> it's interesting because I, I look at them and i go wait a minute they're they're, they're animals so they're they're not the same as us but then i meet them and I, I i start talking to their souls and my my dog's amazing my cat's amazing my horse is amazing you know my animals i, I love my animals and i, I I just started looking at all these different ones. And when you meet all these other animals, the, the, the water buck that I ate that day, it was dancing around. It played fetch with me. It looked me in the eyes. Oh. It rubbed up against me. I mean, when I, you know, I know it's just an animal, but Tarzan's supposed to connect with it. And I'm supposed to connect with that one. You don't see it in the movie because I ate it. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> it's not in the movie anymore. But but it was supposed to be in the movie. There was supposed to be this whole scene with it because it was going to fetch something and get it for me and help me and and then they, they're like, well, don't worry, we wrote something else. I'm like, I hate my friend. <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not just an animal, though, is it? I know we we, we kind of get accustomed to saying that, but I mean, like you said, you've got a horse, you've got a dog, etc. They're not just animals to you, right? They're 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 friends, they're family, they're, they're they're family. family. exactly. Yeah. Hmm. My, my dog son is amazing. I love him. <laughs> and my koi fish, the koi fish I had for Ooh. 20 years. I don't have them right now, but I had them for 20 years. My my kids used to say, you love your koi fish more than us. And I go, yep. <laughs> I still have my kids. I don't have my koi fish. So through. But I, someday, koi fish again. I was going to say, it sounds like a plan from the kids. They, they, they felt threatened by the koi. <laughs> <laughs> no, they love that. I love them. They're so yeah. cute. Well, speaking of family, uh, going back to Salvage Marines, you have obviously joined up, as you mentioned, for the sake of family. However, you are actually, there's a bit of temptation going on within the show. And funnily enough, that temptation is happening with your real life wife. Yes. My real life <laughs> wife, who, who, who also called up her friend and, and said, to, said to me, she goes, I think Lenara should be your husband. And then I'm like, what? And then she's like, okay. She goes, she goes, hey, Lenara, you want to come kiss my husband? And so I got this <laughs> beautiful woman who's a friend of ours, uh, you know, because my wife made me. 
I mean, I, I'll suffer for the art. <laughs> beautiful. She said something so beautiful. And this is timely right now. She said, uh, we did a panel in San Diego and she said, I just wanted to say as a little girl that watched Star Trek and watched the first interracial kiss to being us doing this now, it's such a huge compliment to, to, to the journey. And, and I was like, so yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, that didn't actually click. That is actually really, I didn't even person. Yeah. Until she said it. And I was like, I didn't even think that way. I just yeah. thought I was kissing a beautiful, beautiful woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love her husband and their kid. I'm not, <laughs> my wife made me do it. Like, I was like, honey, you've called her up and said, Hey, look at these guys. She said, okay. <laughs> Oh, it's my wife. Well, there's actually, like, I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just because we know that she's your wife in the show, but there's clearly a lot of chemistry showing uh, in the actual episodes between you and, uh, well, your wife, your real-life wife. <laughs> I, I didn't know at first. Uh, after I started looking at into some of the episode information i was like oh wait a second <laughs> that explains this chemistry but i mean it plays well in the show <laughs> you know uh, that's nice because not always does it play for some couples and that can be disappointing for them but yes yeah. it does play and yeah. and it's hard because i just look at her and i want to sleep with her so I, <laughs> and the chemistry i mean i'm just always like i wake up I wake up in the morning i look over and i go oh my god i'm so blessed thank you jesus oh. i'm like never i want to say thank you <laughs> thank you buddha <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay to any of you just to say thank you. <laughs> well, with that in mind, is it act- is it difficult playing a character who, I mean, as far as I can tell, based on where I'm at in the show, seems to be on the verge of an affair with your um, wife? You but- know, that, that was a that was a lot to do. Um, you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, okay, am I gonna, you know, I I, I don't know, but you know, you just go for it. It's well written. And we got to play, I think we played it off so well through the whole thing. You're going to see every, you're going to see the whole arc of it. It's, it's good. And there's a completion there too mm-hmm. for six episodes. We have more episodes written and we have more stuff going on, but you know, we just have to, you know, we just have to hope that, it, that, that uh, people like the show and then they'll watch it and there'll be enough demand for another, for season two. It's good sci-fi. Yeah. Based on what, Phantom and I have seen, we both yeah. really enjoy it. And I, I yeah. think that season two should be clear based on what I've seen so far. Um, but you've not just been working with your wife. You've also worked with somebody who you've worked with previously, and that is Kevin Porter. He is in as, um, what was the name? Boss he was Marsters. basically one of the bosses. Sorry, what was that? Marsters. Yes, yes. And he plays, well, firstly, a badass. Um, <laughs> which he's going to be- love you that you said that about him. He's going to absolutely <laughs> love you because Kevin Porter just loves that. And yes, he does play a badass. So, well, like I've been leader. watching him since, since Bat in the Sun, actually, which is where I think you've linked up with him previously. Yes, I linked up with him because of uh, my wife. She was the host of the Bat in the Sun uh, web series. She was uh, super power beat. That did not click until now. Oh my god! She was oh. the host. <laughs> my host, host wife has been doing that show, and that's how I met Kevin Porter. So all right, okay, because he plays obviously an amazing Batman, and you turned up in Dying Is Easy as Commissioner Jim Gordon. Yes. 
I was, How, what uh, was that experience like? It was short and sweet. It was in one day. We shot that one thing for me. Um, I'm always glad to be around KP. I think he's amazing. He's also in the most dangerous game with me. Oh, right. Oh, nice. He plays Igor. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh. He's my, 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 mute, uh, my mute assistant. Oh, going, I'm going so from excited for this. His screaming in Savage Marines, where I'm just constantly hearing about candy asses, to going mute <laughs> is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's actually good. That's a good point because you're going to see that there's a different character, and he is so good in uh, the most dangerous game. He's just so good. He's uh, menacing. <laughs> Another good reason to see this movie, then. All right, awesome. Uh, have you? There's like Tom Berenger, and we also have. Uh, 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 Alyssa Dowling, and we also have, um, oh my God, I can't believe him, uh, uh, Bruce Dern. Okay. And, oh, and we also have Judd Nelson in it. This is a pretty big, good cast. Gosh, yeah, this is a huge <laughs> cast. So, I, I've just opened up the IMDb here right now, and I'm looking at it, so I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun uh, working with it. Kevin Porter is always fun to work with. Peter Shinkoda is also Peter Shinkoda is also in this with me. Yes, Peter's I was also in Mortal Kombat season one. Like yes, season one. so he's one of my dear friends. It was really nice to see him return. Actually, I yeah. was I was surprised at that. Actually, <laughs> how's it been working on so many different projects with the same people? How does that come oh, about? When 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 I love him, it's awesome. When, when I don't love them, <laughs> it's still awesome because I'm getting to do what I love to do. But uh, <laughs> I do love, I, I, I do, I got to be around a lot of my, my friends in this. We cast a lot of our friends. Not all of them. We wanted some other ones. We, we, we wanted, uh, but there was a couple of roles that were already cast with other people's friends and stuff like that. So we had to take what we could get. <laughs> <laughs> well, mentioning uh, Peter Shinkoda, he, as you just said, he was in Mortal Kombat Legacy Season 1 as Sector. Now, that is pretty cool. But you came in for Season 2 and came in as everybody's favorite, Johnny Cage. So we'd love to hear about this. Uh, we, we got a full season out of you. <laughs> um, were you a fan of MK before you were cast as Johnny Cage? Or were you just looking for roles with the name Johnny in it? Yeah, I think all the roles with Johnny I should play because this is for me. So I only, I thought change the name of Sam Heist to John Heist. He's like, Johnny Heist. Uh. <laughs> no, it's Sam Heist. Um, I I I love being Johnny Cage. I love uh, I I I walked up to the day uh, when when I had the first meeting with the director. I walked up and I go, and I knew who he was, uh, and I wanted so. All right, who's the one that thought I should play Johnny Cage? And you're like. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and he goes, what? I know. He list actor who can't get a job. What are you <laughs> oh, he goes, he goes, oh, you're so perfect for this. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you trying to say? So, Is this Kevin for season two? Kevin Tantron? Kevin for season two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, he so, said, uh, he goes, you're perfect for this. And I was like, well, I thought, I thought the guy that they had to do it before me was really good. I thought he's an amazing fighter, but uh, mm-hmm. he, they, I think they wanted uh, something different. You know, they, they said they wanted more com- comedic. Because mm. mm. 
that was Matt Mullins, and he he did a a great serious Johnny. But I see what you mean by going for a more comedic route. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt did a, a, an incredible job. I I was like when I watched it, I was like, why are they asking me to come and do this? Like <laughs> <laughs> I did fine. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I don't question, I, I mean, I do question, but I also just enjoy and I have fun. I just, it was a, it's great because when I was a kid, I used to go and, and play Mortal Kombat. I would put the quarters in the machines and, and, and play it when it was a quarter. Um, when you go down to the grocery, you go down to the grocery store and you, they had a, a, a machine there you could use. So <laughs> who did you used to play when you were a kid? Johnny Cage. Did you, yeah. would you, did you see your favorite character or did you have another favorite? Time, yeah, my all-time favorite character, Johnny Cage. So it's like when they asked me to do it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> you, you played Johnny Cage because his name was Johnny again, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, it. Only, that's, only, that's one of the prerequisites for the, most of the scripts I take. If it's Johnny, I'm in. I'll be Johnny on the spot. Johnny, good to go. <laughs> So what did you know about Johnny Cage before you actually picked up this role? Well, I knew that Van Damme, the, the original uh, uh, Johnny Cage was JCVD. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be a whole, it was supposed to be a whole um, video game about him. And then he pulled something they didn't like, so they just changed it to a D-list actor. So I thought it was insulting, but funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, as I enjoy humor and I enjoy being the butt of the joke too. So I, I'm not bagging on John Clyde Van Damme, who I think is amazing. So uh, he's, uh, you know, JCVD is, is amazing. So then he went on to do Street Fighter because he was like so pissed because he didn't get to do Johnny Cage. But yeah. he would have been as Johnny Cage. How about in terms of background on Johnny? Like what sort of uh, information were you given for Legacy, for example? The D-list actor without a job. Uh, just, just be you, Casper. Just be you. Uh, what? Fatality. What was there any sort of casting process for you to get this role? Uh, no, they just offered it for me, and then oh, nice. when uh, when when I got it, I uh, I. I won the uh, 18th annual Webby Awards. I won Best Actor as Johnny Cage. And nice. I didn't even notice that the, the producer, Lance, Lance Sloan, called me up and said, hey, Casper, you won Best Actor last night at the Webby Awards. And he goes, oh. I, go, I didn't know I was nominated. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, and I go, wait, it was last night? And I go, how come you guys didn't invite me? He goes, well, we didn't know you were going to win. <laughs> <laughs> But I have the award here for you. And by the way, would you like to do season three? And I said, cool. I'm in. And so they, because of all that, they made a season three. And we, we shot it. And it I've seen it. It looks great. I've seen the rough. There's somebody just posted a rough edited stolen copy of it. But I've seen the finished one. And it's, oh. it's amazing. They never released it. There's seven episodes, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure mm, how many okay. episodes there's two of them they weren't sure about of and five of them that they really love and Johnny Cage one they love. So I was like, okay, cool. But still it hasn't come out seven years later. It hasn't come out, but actually somebody, somebody who might be on the show right now released a couple of pictures. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What, what, uh, 
like tell us about the pictures. <laughs> uh, they're from season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're uh, on set, but not revealing any real secrets. So mm-hmm. they're just uh, publicity stills, stills, and and uh, and uh, yeah, I got them yesterday and then decided to put them up because I thought I was doing this interview today, and I thought oh, that might that might be cool. I wonder if they'll talk about it. Well, well, uh, we're, we're happy to hear that we've inspired you to release those pictures. And we were actually so happy to. I, I noticed, firstly, like we're going to get to how you look as Johnny. But I did notice that this is our first, I think our first look, if I remember correctly, at um, it was Angela Serafian as, um, as Devorah. Was that the case? She looked I, pretty I, cool. I can't say yes or no, but I can say yes, it was her, you know, <laughs> what she was playing. But pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, in terms of looks as well, you had the, you looked like Mortal Kombat. To, this is weird to me, but considering when it was, when it was uh, filmed, but you looked like Mortal Kombat 11 and Mortal Kombat X Johnny as one with the outfit that you were wearing. Yeah. I think they were trying for that a little bit. I think they were trying to, to do something like that. And they were trying to do a correlation with it. Well, because we were doing some press with their video game at the time. I would have loved to have done the voiceover for it. I don't know who they got. Mm. They probably got uh, the, the real Johnny Cage. They they brought in, well, Andrew Bowen is the voice actor. But oh, I yeah. do know that they brought in, um, was it, did they bring Lyndon Ashby to do his voice yeah. as well? Uh, oh, yeah. actually, it might have been a, a voiceover. I'm not. I don't remember for sure. But I don't know. But Lyndon yeah. Ashby, he's so so sweet. He came up to me at the gym and said, "Good job, man." Oh, <laughs> so that's <was> awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy. I took a picture of it one time, put it up. Maybe I'll see if I can find that again. Yeah, that'd be really <laughs> cool to see. Oh yeah, Johnny and Johnny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, double you, dragon. Yeah, double dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now we we have actually seen some some uh, released raw footage, which uh, was in I think it was around March 2021, and we saw a lot of your footage. Actually, we see you entering um, a fight club after speaking with Kari Tagoa as uh, Shang Tsung, and he's yeah. pointed you in the direction of uh, well, it seems to be Ferator, who you fight in the nightclub after taking somebody out for thinking you were Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish to God they could put, release the 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 real the 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 fully edited, fully done, fully colorized one because it is finished, it is complete. I've seen it, um, and it's really good. They did a great mm. job. So it's, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's even better than season two. Oh, that that is, I mean. I still remember, and I've recently rewatched. I, I rewatch Legacy every so often. I absolutely loved it. Uh, this was at a time where Mortal Kombat, even Legacy Season One, Mortal Kombat itself was sort of going through this uh, this transformation, I suppose. And there wasn't much content. And then Legacy, well, Rebirth firstly released uh, Kevin Tancherwin's uh, fan thingy. Kevin's a genius. He was also yeah. the producer on Season Three. He was also oh, a producer. Yes. He was on set when I was shooting, so it was so awesome to have him there guiding it too. So, oh, that's cool. I, I love him, and I'm so grateful for him. So, uh, you know, I loved him affording me the ability to play Johnny Cage. I'm hoping he'll cast me again or something. We'll As are we. <laughs> now, you, your portrayal of Johnny was definitely comedic, but you were 
really fighting. And that's actually something I noticed in the unedited footage of uh, Generations, because you seem to do what I think was supposed to be a shadow kick, which wasn't actually uh, processed. Is that the case? I, 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 you know, I just did whatever they had me do. Um, okay. I, I fought with, uh, uh, with, you know, he showed me the shadow kick and I tried to do whatever I could. So I, I did some, I did some stuff and then they had a stunt double who did some really incredible kicks for me too. So he was just amazing. So I did do some of mine, but they did mm-hmm. have a stunt guy. So, and I did a lot of the, my own fight in it. Um, and you'll see me and I'm on the ground and everything like that too, but they did have a, a pretty incredible stunt person doing one of them spinning roundy kick things off the floor <laughs> oh yeah they were pretty amazing they were pretty amazing the you know i i never and the same with season three i had a pretty good amazing guy but i did a lot of my own fights there i even fought a guy named casper his last name's casper oh. two caspers fighting <laughs> there's this one scene in a uh, season two where you uh, kind of do like this backflip kick was that yourself because as you said a, a lot of these moves were your your own moves um did you do everything in season two or was there a stunt double that kind of came in and uh no there was a stunt double in se- season two and three and they did some of the stuff I, I did a lot of it but there was a couple like precise kicks that i think they needed i don't remember it's been a while um yeah uh, like that's the thing. It was actually done so well, but we couldn't tell if it was a stunt actor or you yeah. at times. And as, as you're saying now, you've done some of some of the stunts and then you had somebody come in to do certain other ones that it was done very well. Yeah, I, same in Starship Troopers. I did a lot of my own fights in that, too. I did all my fights in that. I just there's two flips I didn't do and uh, a couple other things. But I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I did that my stunt doubles did, too. And we just they kept using it because they're like, we're going to keep filming. We're going to keep filming because they shot so many different angles and so many different things. So they're like, we just need somebody up there right now. So what was your history with martial arts uh, in the past? Like to, to be able to pull off some of these moves. Uh, so my dad taught me boxing when I was little. My dad was a band and weight champion for the Navy. Um, and then I started taking Shotokan karate when I was young. And then uh, when I moved into uh, boxing again, and then I went into uh, uh Taekwondo, where Garrett Warren was my Taekwondo instructor and boxing instructor too. So I was throwing kicks and punches with him for years. Uh, and then, uh, oh, I also did go kart high stand for a little bit over in uh, judo um, when I was 20 and for a little bit down there. And then I did, um, uh, I, I worked out with Olivier Gruner. He did mixed martial arts with me in jiu jitsu and for a couple of years and then uh Monte Costco's for a couple of years with martial arts and Muay Thai gosh I had wow. no idea that your training was so extensive that's awesome to hear did you do any weapons also yeah I did weapons with Mark and Garrett and and just just sword uh, oh swords yeah but I, I'm not a I'm not I'm gonna reiterate I, I I've studied all these things I've done all these things but I'm not a martial artist Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a real martial artist. I'm. I'm an actor. I do it to look good in movies. That's it. Um, and I'm grateful that I know how to do stuff now that I didn't know how to do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really grateful for it. But I still run. They better catch me. Mark Costco said it best to me. He said, "It was Casper." Bruce Lee said it. If you can only do one thing, run. If you can only train one thing, run. 
So I go, I will run always. He goes, I go, and I will run from every fight. He goes, no, no, that's so you have seen. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to run from the fight. I get off fight, but I'm going to run. They better know that I practice running. So I'm, I'm going to live another day. I don't want to... I don't want to fight. I've been hit by these guys. So the thing is, you, you, you train with some of the greatest fighters. And, you, you know, Mark Cascos is amazing. And Olivia Gunner is amazing. Garrett Warren's amazing. These guys are amazing fighters. And you go in and train with them. You get hit by them. And you go, and I've come, I've come back with black eyes and fat lips and cuts and bruises and just things that happen. And I go, yeah, I never want this to be for real. I'm, I'm, I love that I'm doing it and we're doing it for real when we're training, but oh my goodness, if it was real, like a street, uh, when I got in fights when I was young and, and I did, cause I was pretty dumb. Uh, I just was scared. And, uh, now, uh, I, I'm not as scared some ways, but I would, uh, I still wouldn't fight anybody. I just wouldn't, I, I think I could talk myself out of it. And plus I'm old now. Why would anybody want to pick on an old man? <laughs> old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you definitely took Mark Dacascos's uh, words to heart in season two as Johnny, because a lot of that was spent running away from Melina and Katana. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, Mark is such a fun guy to train with and, uh, I mean, he is just, he's uh, an incredible friend and a great, I mean, I love kicking with him and doing Muay Thai with him. I, he, he was just so generous with his time. He took me to train with his teacher, Crew Puck, who was the guy that originally brought, uh, you know, uh, Muay Thai to America. He's the original guy and he won like 89 fights. And I was like, how do you still look decent, you know, being an old guy, with, you know, but won 80, 89 fights? He goes, because I won. <laughs> he talks a lot of elbows and knees and, and stuff like that and, and once you get hit with an elbow it just hurts a lot more than even a fist it's just like a blade yeah. like a yeah. huge and so i was thinking this guy didn't have anything on his face and he's you know, like but he's like and, but he wasn't saying it to brag he was just saying because i won I, that's why if you win mm. you're not gonna get your face hurt and i'm like yeah, but 89 fights, somebody's going to get a lucky hit in some time, you know, like, you're like, it's split open. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Fan reception to your take on Johnny was extremely positive. Uh, you managed to capture the humor alongside being badass. But I'm curious how you felt about your sort of take on Johnny when it came to having less of you showed off your martial arts for example but in this case it was your 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 episodes were focused about on you taking on two characters at once now this was a big change from the other characters having their fights in the show because everybody was taking on one character but you then had to deal with the two how was that having a sort of triple fight episode for you in your case well it's fun because she ended up uh, the sister ended up coming on my side. So, yeah, you know, she fought with me. So it's easier when you have a girl fight with you than when you have two <laughs> girls fighting against you. <laughs> and, and both of them can totally kick my ass. Both of them are <laughs> such experienced martial artists. Um, they're, they're amazing. So I, I love working with both of them. They were just <laughs> the sweetest girls and, and they were so kind and so professional and so good. And, and they could do everything. They, they 
every single thing. That's all them. They didn't have any stunt doubles. They were, they were, and if they did, the stunt doubles would have gone home. <laughs> <laughs> they were that good. I was like, wow. Um, Season three, as we mentioned, has parts of it have been leaked, but unedited, unfinished versions of this. Uh, there are some scenes of you working with uh, your daughter, Cassie Cage, uh, Johnny Cage's daughter, Cassie Cage. Were you able to pull from some of your real life experiences for this role? Uh, because you played a more, uh, you know, like a Mortal Kombat uh, X, a Mortal Kombat 11 version of Johnny Cage that's more reserved. You know, you've kind of calmed down, but at the same time, you're willing to go to a nightclub and beat the crap out of somebody if you have to. <laughs> Were you able to kind of pull from yourself for, for this role? Yeah, I, I loved working with the, the young actress that played my daughter in that. Um, that was all brought on because Gracie suggested, my daughter Grace, who's on Stranger Things right now, she plays Chrissy. Um, she, uh, she said, hey, Dad, if you're going to do Johnny Cage, you got to do Cassie Cage. And then they're like, okay, yeah, they did. But then they cast somebody else. So I was like, Haley uh, Lou, who did great. But but my daughter's the one that was like, hey, they need to do that. And then later they're like, oh, Gracie's doing so well. And I'm like, yep. I mean, so does Haley Lou. You know, it's just uh, both sweet. But it's just my daughter. You know, I was like, <laughs> she's the one that suggested it, and they did it. And then I got to do the scene with this young, younger actress that played my my young cat Cassie, um, and that was awesome. So, speaking of your daughter Grace, uh, as you mentioned, she's kind of become this overnight sensation with uh, playing the cheerleader Chrissy from Stranger Things. Uh, I mean, there's fan art about her now. Like all sorts of stuff is is come out of the works for this. How does it feel to have so many talented actors in your family? <laughs> well, she's she's the talent. I'm I'm her and my wife are so good. I'm so impressed. Um, she's uh, I, I'm so proud of her, and she's having this pop culture moment in time where she's just so popular and doing so well. I'm I couldn't be more proud as a father. Um, I'm really lucky, and she's an awesome daughter. And, I just, she's always been awesome. So I've been very lucky. I'm just trying to hold on. Uh, <laughs> that's how it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm the emotional one out of Phantom and I. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Honey. Like, just, I feel very blessed as a father. I mean, it's a good, it's a good moment in time for her, and she's got a good head on her shoulders. And she just did this wonderful article in the Washington Post where she was like talking about how she loved nepotism. And she goes, you know, it doesn't always get you the job, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. She goes, but uh, it's really cool when they talk. To- when they talk about your dad, they talk about John Rico. Like, <laughs> That's, That's cool. Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> She's just sweet. She's just sweet. Well, on that whole father daughter sort of relationship, but in Mortal Kombat Legacy, we did also see in the leak footage that um, Cassie and her friend Jackie were supposed to come in and take more of the spotlight, as was actually the case in Mortal Kombat X, the game. Uh, was were you as Johnny going to continue to be more um, in the focus, or was it supposed to sort of start moving towards Cassie and Jackie over time? I think that you know there was different episodes, and I was in a couple of them, but they were they were in a separate thing. I didn't know if we were. We, I don't think we were going to do a crossover with me and them. Okay, I don't think so. I don't know. I have no idea where, where it was going to go. Well. I'm curious then as well, because I I remember a post from you a few years ago. Um, you posted something about your training at like 6,000 feet up or something. 
where where were you doing all this? Where was all the where were, where was everything being re recorded? Sorry, can't say. Oh no, I uh, was uh, this for training for this was for Legacy, I think. Yeah, so I'm just curious as to what filming locations you had, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I I don't know where I was. There was high up. I mean, I I, I go. I I try. I train a lot. I like to run uh, in the mountains. Mm -hmm. I, I love going up and down and running in the mountains. So I love training. So I don't know where I was a couple of years ago when I posted that. I have I have no idea. Um, but that that's me. I I don't think it was anything specific for. I mean, I might have specifically been going. Oh, I'm doing this for this. But uh, yeah. but I. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember where I was. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, I'm just very curious as to, because we, we've been getting little bits of information on generations, you know, and fig figuring out like how it was supposed to look and actually seeing the footage and everything just makes you more curious. <laughs> I'm curious. I want to see, I, I, I want it to be seen. So, I, I mean, you've mentioned this already, but it, it's pretty much a sure bet that you would definitely reprise your role as Johnny Cage if ever given the chance, right? Oh, I would be honored to be Johnny Cage. It would be a great thrill to be old man Johnny Cage. I come rock that. I'll do some more training. How about uh, for voice acting or facial modeling, as we mentioned earlier with Lyndon Ashby, for example? Would you do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% in. And there's been no contact since Mortal Kombat uh, Generations? No, Nothing. That's no. a shame. That's really a shame. Yeah, I was hoping when they when they did that. Also, in the reveal in the movie where they showed the cage belt, and it looked like the yeah, cage yeah, shot, it looked like the cage belt we had shot with. Right. Oh, it really did. Um, yeah, we yeah. shot we shot that eight years ago, so we're before Mortal Kombat was shot. So maybe wow. they saw it. Maybe somebody at Warner Brothers was like, There's "Still hey, hope." Like so I don't know. <laughs> That might have, I mean, it, it's funny looking back on, on legacy with the, with the, or generations with the previous footage, et cetera, et cetera. And the pictures you've just released, it really does seem like, you know, your Kevin Garrett Warren's who, by the way, we haven't mentioned, but we had on the show in March, 2021 as well, previously, amazing to talk to him, but it seems like you guys have all managed to actually influence Mortal Kombat yeah. 11 and even the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie as well as 2021, because you actually see this exact belt and outfit that you're wearing in those pictures in Mortal Kombat 11. So that's actually quite crazy to see that influence. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that was done on purpose by us or them. So I'm not, I don't have no, I, I'm, I'm, that's above my pay grade of knowing who. <laughs> so I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not privy to that, so. Kind of looking back on the series, what's been your opinion of it? Do you ever go back and rewatch some of these old episodes of Legacy and and things like that? I'm not I'm not big on watching myself too much. I mean, it was fun watching it the first time because I really enjoyed working with uh, Mark Dacascos a lot, mm -hmm. uh, and we had we had a lot of humor and things that went on in the set. And they had they did a cut where we were doing more of our there was a little bit of banter between the two of us, and 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 I thought that was really amazing but it ended up uh being cut a lot of it cut out there's still some of it in there but uh there was some of it was cut out uh of the final cut but uh hmm. yeah, yeah i uh i had some i had some great experience making it i love both seasons i love making with both people i mean it was just uh season three felt like it just added more because mm -hmm. it was 
more, more development. And so you always feel like that when you're an actor, you always want to add more and do more if you can just bring more layers to your character. And I think that he's more complex than he likes to admit Johnny Cage. And I think mm -hmm. he's, uh, you know, he, he's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to play. Well, how would you say, because we like to, to see how Mortal Kombat's affected everybody's lives. It's, you know, we started this podcast and we always like to ask our guests, how has Mortal Kombat affected your life? Well, you know, it's just when people come up and they're like, you got caged. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. So I, I like I've had some people that have, uh, you know, your Johnny Cage shirt. They had a picture of me, but with Johnny Cage on it. So I've had oh, that's cool. That. They made it themselves, obviously. But uh, but still, it's it it is cool. It's cool to have that, and uh, it the the fandom. I really I really I, I love it. I mean, I love I love playing that, and I, I loved even playing it. Um, you know, on the video games now, I can't keep up with the kids anymore now. <laughs> but my daughter plays games, so maybe she'll play that sometime. She she'd be Cassie Cage, though. I know her. Yeah. Do you have any dream projects that you've always wanted to be a part of? Uh, any books out there that you're hoping that will be turned into a, a movie for you? Oh, man. Uh, you know, my wife has written two scripts and they're both comedies and it'd be fun to do a rom-com. Uh, oh, yeah. The way she, she she's an incredible writer. So I'm hoping one day to do one of hers. That would be uh, a great gift for me. So as far as other things i mean there's great directors i want to work with I, I when i read a good book yes i do want to be in it I, you know, I don't know you know i don't know what book i could say right now off hand that i'm i mean i just uh <laughs> I, I love making movies so i i love all kinds of movies even the ones that aren't off of books but the ones off of books are fun because i love books <laughs> so we mentioned the uh, most dangerous game and Salvage Marines. Are there any other upcoming projects that you'd like to tell our fans about before uh, we let you go? Um, well, I have a movie out called Assailant right now, too, where I play a psycho in it. It's a good one for, for people. I, I dug that one. It was a lot of fun. And I have one called The Battle of Saipan that's coming out. That was a lot of fun that I did with uh, uh, Louis Mandalore and my, my wife, Jeff Fahey. Really cool cats. Some good stuff for us all to check out then. Yeah. I'm very curious now, because obviously Johnny Cage is your favorite character, but what is your favorite finisher? Ooh, uh, well, it would have to be the nut hit, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, actually, now that you mention it, Cassie, Cassie has a great variation on that one where she actually <laughs> kicks them so hard in the nuts that their head and their spine shoot out of their body <laughs> that's awesome that would probably be casper where can our listeners find you uh, what's the best way for them to keep up to date on on your projects and everything that you have going on well i just got back on social media i was off for two and a half years because i was i i don't like hate so much I, i'm more about just trying to do I, lo I love the movies and stuff like that but the political climate got too crazy for me so yeah. I, I left mm. but now I'm back and I'm trying to promote it and trying to be positive and stay cool so people can just find me at Casper Van Dien on Instagram Twitter well yeah. it's great to have you back on social media and uh, looking forward to more posts maybe more generations posts as well we'll see we'll see I have a couple <laughs> more 
Oh, all that's right, exciting. All here. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casper, we'd like to thank you very much for joining us on this episode. It was a pleasure to have you on the Realmcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners for stopping by the Realmcast today. You can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm, which is also on Instagram. You can also join our official Discord channel hosted on Mortal Kombat Online server through the link in the description where we discuss Mortal Kombat along with our listeners. Special thanks to Uppercut Editions for their continued support. The Realmcast is the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online. And you can catch up on all episodes of The Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and MortalKombatOnline.com. Thank you. You just got caged.